Hello, you're listening to Why Did You Make It? I'm here today with James Halstead. Hello, my name is James Halstead. My producer tag artist name is Teja Vu, after my middle name Teja. And I'm here with Dimitri catching up. Woo! <laughs> I'd like to start today by acknowledging the traditional owners on the land of which we're recording today, the Thurubal and the Yagaro people, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Busy getting back into the flow of working and mixing, and mm-hmm. I'm in a mixing stage at the moment. Yep, which is always fun. I'm feeling very optimistic about this year. Cool, but I'm also it's like a optimism that I don't think give too much thought because I've you don't want to expect <laughs> you, you too don't much. Wanna, yeah, you don't want to rely on the year at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just try to just keep that optimism there. Find the silver linings when you can. Yep. Yep. But there's been a couple. Like someone the other day was at a gig and they were like, fuck COVID. And me and my friend were like, well, like maybe more like, I don't know about COVID. Like not fuck <laughs> COVID because like I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for COVID. It's true. Like if I didn't have COVID, I haven't gotten COVID yet. But yeah. if COVID didn't happen, yeah. I wouldn't have spent all that time in lockdown working on producing. Yeah. And I probably would not be nearly at the position I'm at now when it comes to my skill set. And Absolutely. that is purely because of lockdown and stuff. And yeah. I think a lot of people discovered themselves and went quite internal yeah. in that initial thing. But now we're at the back end where we're like, all right. Yeah. But you have hold on to that too. Like all yeah. that all that all that self-discovery you did during lockdown. Make sure that you hold on to it. Make sure yeah. that you pursue that because those are the things that your heart is telling you that you want to do. Yeah, and that's where it all kind of... I think a lot of people had maybe revelations or breakthroughs with themselves because they were kind of stuck with themselves and then it would all come up. But now we're mm. at the end where it's like, all right, we've done everything we need to do. Like what the government said, like let's, everyone's vaxxed. Let's all like, let's just <laughs> get back to normal now. Yeah. Like. I don't know. It's going to be, it's weird. I was listening to a, like a podcast and talking to my friend about like, it was like a podcast done in like 2016 and they're like, mm. they're just chatting and they're like, so yeah, like what's going on? Nah, not much going on in the world, man. Like <laughs> nothing, like there's not really anything going on. Yeah. It's just like, that's no longer a, a thing. It's always like some kind of high strung. Yeah. What's going on? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this mm. and this. And yeah. I'm barely holding on, but I'm, <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be okay. Can it you, is. Yeah. Could you tell me about how you started making music, how you started playing, what your sort of like origin story is? Yeah. So I started as a metalhead playing heavy metal. Mm. So I, uh, my dad's a musician. My dad's a jazz sax player. Yeah. And he used to run a jazz club in Hong Kong. Very amazing life. Lived, met some of the greats, played jams with some of the greats. Like really crazy life. So I think I obviously growing up always looked up to him and saw him playing gigs and stuff and was like, oh, that's kind of like what I want to do. Mm. So I started learning guitar and like kind of went to my first concert, which I'm, it's no longer a shame of mine, but it was My Chemical Romance. It was my first gig ever. Yeah. Little emo 11-year-old or something. I don't know. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, and then I guess Dad showed me all the classics like Bowie and mm-hmm. just the usual Rite of Passage, Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Pink yep. Floyd. Yep. Pink Floyd actually came a little later. Yeah, and then I, it, the circles that I was in at school was like kind of into metal. Metal kind of became a thing just through to mutual friends and older brothers and stuff like that. And then, yeah, then I got guitar lessons for a while, didn't practice. And then I just one day had a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And was like, I love metal music. I want to play, I want to be Dimebag Dale from Pantera. <laughs> and I bought the big crazy guitar and did all the big pitch bombs and squeals. Yep. And that was the, that was when I started like love. And that's what I think there's one thing about metal music that I always hold quite close is that, yeah, they're the outcast kind of compared to everything else. They've always, they're kind of running their own cult like thing. It, out of all the genres, it's kind of got this own side. It's, it's always like running parallel to everything else in a way. I yeah. guess the dance music scene's similar, but like mm-hmm. there's a loyalty that comes with like metal music and the audiences and fans. There's this like loyalty to yeah. the music. Yeah. And there's this deep passion. Mm. And I think I got that, really connected with that when I first started discovering music was like it became, and it also became a bit of my identity, which I think, I don't know, that's a different kind of thing to talk about. But like, yeah, I think you can hold on to that identity and it can help you get through your adolescence, I think. Yeah. So it was like that for a while. And then my friend uh, put me on to pop music when I was like, kind of, I, I like last years of high school started, you know, just listening to more mainstream stuff mm-hmm. and just enjoying it. Cause I was just like, my friends were listening to it and stuff yeah. and understanding it a bit more as well. Like I used to kind of be like, so close minded. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Coming from metal as well. Yeah. Too, yeah. Like, and no, like, pop music. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. What the, like, this is the only good music. And then. Yeah. I think I just kind of had a, a breakthrough, I think maybe grade 12, because I was playing a lot of guitar. At that point, I was like really into Pink Floyd and really into guitar, I think. And like, that's my first instrument. That's the one I've got most time played on, I guess. And yeah, I went through really like just enjoying playing guitar and writing guitar lines. And just mm. then I started songwriting and kind of start my first band, which like surf rock, blues rock, psych thing. Yep. And then that was when it kind of opened up you know, playing shows and being like, cool. And I got all of that like guitar energy out. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me, I can shred guitar. Like, yep. I'm glad I got that out of me when I was still like 17, 16. Yeah. Cause like, I don't think I'm, I, I, if I still had that in me now, I would be maybe a bit worried. <laughs> Not, no, no, like negative things to anyone that loves just shredding, but I don't think I could do that anymore. Yeah. I feel like, it became more of like listening to what I could, what the guitar could serve the song more yeah. so than like guitar being the main feature of like. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you got, you said it perfectly. You got all the guitar energy out of yeah, it. Yeah, all of it's out. Some people have more guitar energy than other yeah, people. Yeah, some people so. take, and, but I do still have guitar energy in me and that came through like shoegaze music and stuff like that. Mm. But that's almost like not guitar. That's like it's noise like and sonic sort of, textures yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That's where it came back around, I think. Mm. But. Yeah, I think it was the pop music breakthrough kind of thing was like when someone showed me Purity Ring and Lord. When Lord Lord dropped her first album and like I, th- I listened to pop music growing up like as a kid and stuff like Justin Timberlake and like, you know, just yep. those little things that like you still knew and they're like mm. nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Nelly Furtado and yep. that whole early 2000s pop. But I remember just like listening to that Lord album and just being like, what something is different in how it's presented. Mm. 
Mm. Like it had a min- more minimal production. It had a more like darker tone. She was also like the same age as me when she was making it. So yeah. all the lyrics and stuff yep. were very relevant. Yeah. And then I was like, then it just clicked and I was like, this is, this makes sense. Like, this is really good. This is why everyone loves this is because yep. it's really fucking good. Yeah. And then there was that weird period of like going to school and being like listening to Pantera, Lord. <laughs> and then, and then that was when it became clear that like, I was diversifying and understanding yeah. the little gems in, yeah. in all the different genres, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's the origins. I can keep going if you want me to keep going. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. This is okay. good. Yeah. So, because I, I love talking about because it's I, I do see it as a very, like, distinct moments in which I kind of, like, had those little breakthroughs. Yeah. So, I played in bands for a bit and then, like, in that first band for a bit and I had another a psych rock band... Um, called Timothy Learjet that I played in when I first moved to Brisbane mm. and that little psychrock crowd was really yeah. nice to like learn to enter like the gigging aspect of Brisbane because I yeah. came from the sunny coast it was like you'd hardly go to gigs yeah so I got to understand that there was a scene and I saw bands like First Beige and stuff who are all homies now but like at the time it was like whoa this is cool like gigs are like there's like so many different like the gametes and sh- I was like whoa this band's great like yeah. wow <laughs> And then I think on top of that as well, like I had this kind of undercurrent that was happening years prior where like I had these people that from the coast that I would like go, like they were DJs and they'd go to like big house party like stuff. And I was still going to them just more for the social aspect, but I was never really listening to the music or Mm -hmm. like understanding the music. I was just like, oh, it's it's, it's like drops and stuff. But then I realized that that was always kind of there. And then there was the breakthrough with electronic music when I heard artists like John Hopkins and Against All Logic. Nicholas Jar. Yeah, and basically I just realised that like this music or electronic music was so built around showing its expression and emotion through the production. Yeah. And I realised that production in its sense and sound design in that music is where the emotion is sent through. Yeah. And then like house music and all this, it's like it's all so much heavier on the production. Yeah. That's the only thing it has going for it in yeah, the sense sure. of obviously it's got the groove and stuff and yeah. but that is the main core of it. And then that kind of was when I was like, oh, I think I want to try and learn what this is. Yeah. Because I was making music, like I was recording my own music and getting my head around production. But that was when I was like, wow, like what am I even listening to? Like what's this person doing that's bringing this emotion out of me? Like yeah. he's producing something and I don't know how he's doing it. Yeah. You listen to something and you're like, I have no clue. What yeah. And to discover, it's like that discovery of being like, uh, yeah, opened up. And then I got, I guess then that's when I was kind of also playing and like playing in bands and, and seeing, seeing that crossover of like synthesizers and guitar music and seeing the pop sensibility. And like, I guess mm. Tame Impala is a great example of a band, mm. like where you could see that those worlds coming together and then you could see like, oh, it's not just like black and white. It's not just like guitar rock synth music. There's like this cool middle ground yep. where they can both work together. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's where I kind of like was like, okay, this is cool. I want to do this. Like I want to figure out what synthesizers are and I want to like mm-hmm. learn like how to like, how do you make, how do you sound design stuff, stretch things. Yeah. And then I guess recent years it's been like, you know, last year, 20, 2019, 2020, mainly 2020 was like learning to DJ, doing the electronic music stuff and then having like the artists like Charlie XCX and Sophie Mm -hmm. and all that real extreme hyper pop 
kind of yeah. stuff coming through and then that kind of reignited that thing of like lord i always liked lord's production but then i was like whoa these people like it sounds like this sounds like music straight from like fifth in 15 like future music yeah. like it sounds so <laughs> robotic and yeah and digital that it's like it's crazy it like stimulates me so much mm-hmm. and i feel like that's where i've sat now it's like the encompassing of all of that is kind of where my approach to pop music is kind of still keeping that spice or experimentation yeah i don't think i could i could ever sit into like a i don't know if i was offered some kind of work where it was like you just need to do a real straight pop song yeah i feel like that's where i would get a little bit like no i need something yeah like it needs some little edge to it yeah otherwise i'm gonna be like oh yeah I mean, yeah like it needs that little whether it's one it can be one thing like it could be like a distorted synth that's just that little bit more distorted than it should be yeah or like the kick drum that's like got some weird roomy reverb on it that mm-hmm. makes it sound a bit different like yep. just one thing that kind of makes the sonic scope different from the next pop song yeah i think that's i'm very passionate about that i think yeah progression yeah in some some form yeah yeah like some kind of yeah, like you're pushing pop music. It's like I like to think that you're making something that someone hasn't heard before or I haven't heard before. You're trying to push yeah. it in a direction. Yeah. You're trying to be like, this has still got the formula of pop music. It's still got the catchiness and the hookiness and it's still got that. But let's just try and like open up someone's – maybe like I like to think of it like someone might listen to that and hear that little thing and be like, where's that coming from? And then maybe explore a different genre of music or go down yeah. where that – that sonic thing was grabbed from yeah whether it's like a shoegazy guitar and a pop song or like yeah it's like someone might go i really like that where where what kind of music sounds like that and then they go down and i guess that's like pops like the the place where people can like an introduction yeah it's like an introduction i like Mm. to think of it like that and it might make someone who doesn't listen to music as as actively or understand music might want to understand it more through Mm -hmm. the sonic kind of textures around it as well because like, yeah. that's what ha- that's, that's what happened what's with happened me. To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And you've obviously like gotten so much joy and like your yeah, like, life uh, has been enriched uh, so much. It's by been that. given a lot of yeah. perp, like I guess purpose or like like something like I I passionately I'm passionate about and I'm passionate to talk about obviously because it's like mm. this is this is the same effect. I want to try and create. I was talking about this literally two days ago. Yeah, where it's like you know music at the end of the day is just this inspiration cycle where you listen to music and get inspired and then you ultimately just hope that you make something that makes someone else want to make music mm. like it's just this like never-ending in- and if you think about that if that that inspiration was one f- through line thing yeah that's been going back f- for oh, for years forever. forever yeah and that's amazing that you're just like a part of time in that never-ending inspiration thing that like that Mm -hmm. legacy is being left through everyone yeah and that's why it's so crazy to think about like you know the person's put music that you listen to their dad probably listened to hendrix or some obscure jazz dude and it's like that inspiration somehow is still ended up with like charlie xcx yeah you know you can think of it in that really like kind of out of the box way and it makes the whole thing feel very united and like the yeah Mm. i like that yeah it's like it's the sonic sort of collection of humanity in a mm. way. Like mm. every like genre is influenced by another genre, whether people want to or not. Mm. Like you can't help it, really. Yeah. You could, because like to me, at the end of the day, the song always writes itself too. Yeah, like, I believe that. Mean? I think yeah. that you're picking from something, or I think w- whenever a song is, it's like that moment. The one thing that I always notice is like the moment where. You kind of go like something's happening, 
Like, oh wait, hold up, hold up. And, like I always do it like with the, when I'm writing with wigs or like like uh, people that I write with, I'll just kind of have this little like burst of like oh, something's happening. Yeah. Like I'm here, I'm hearing something. Hold, just it's ha- happening. And there's those little. That's what I, that's like one of the best feelings in the world because mm. you you're almost like so present and so dialed into the the song and the creative process that my body and my whole being starts responding to it yeah. like i have to outrightly say to the room yeah something's happening because i could feel it like there's like <laughs> it's like you're picking something it's like when you hear the part you're listening back on a loop and you hear mm. the part but it's not there yet but then yep. you're like oh that means i have to put it in there i need to replace actually put that there yeah. into it yeah and that's the best feeling like i think and especially like or whether it's like getting the like the vocal take where it's like you're on your like eighth take and then they just hit it and you're like both just look at each other and you're like that's it <laughs> like that's it we know yeah. that we can delete all the other takes yeah because we know that that's, that's resonated with us yeah. like and that goes into the music I believe as well that feeling of excitement mm. or somehow through somehow cosmically metaphysically there's some kind of emotion that gets left in that. Song, yeah, like because in the process you felt this, yeah, and then when someone else listens to it, they might feel that set maybe like a fraction tiny, of what that tiny. feeling is yeah. back out when they listen to it. Mm. And it's good to talk, like, I think all of these kind of views on, on what we why we do music and why we pursue a creative thing is like it's really good to talk about because I think when you're in it and doing it and you're trying to do it full time, you're trying to make a living from it, you do lose sight on that every once in a while like you do lose yeah. that kind of beautiful connection to it because yeah. you might be a bit caught up in like how shit a mix sounds or like yeah. what oh, you're problem solving or like you're or, not, like, or you're uninspired or something it's yeah. like but if you can always kind of come back to that those core beliefs that you have because i feel like it is a belief like it's like everyone's got their own beliefs and experiences and i guess i like to think that like my belief is my my belief system is how i believe music affects my life yeah and that's like you know a very important thing for me to kind of stay hap- like positive mm. and 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 it's not even music creativity i think like i like yeah. to try and cuz i understand that the process is the same just through different like it's the same fear the same space like when someone's painting there's the same there's still something coming it's all coming from some same space i guess Mm -hmm. yeah or yeah we're all we're all like very much every i feel like if you if ever created something that you're proud of you know what that feeling is when you when it's happening yeah and you're like yeah something really good's happening here yeah yeah it's a really sort of I don't know, that's a really ins- like inspiring and kind of wholesome way to look at music. And mm. I think I think the more I've interviewed people and stuff, the more that I, I realise that I've sort of started this because of all these different reasons to yeah. try to understand myself, why why yeah. I continue to make music and to try to like keep that momentum going yeah, as well. Yeah, well, I think that's beautiful. Like I think mm. that's what the, the whole approach of like doing podcasts and talking to people and having these conversations is like you learn everyone's learning everyone's mm. leaving the conversation whether, whether they're leaving it with a new perspective that they can add to their lives or they're yep. leaving it with a strengthening of their own perspective because they've shared it i read in this book like to see those opportunities when you run into a 
old friend or you have those serendipity serendipitous moments to actually take to be really serious about them. So like mm. if you run into your friend randomly in the street and you know it's got that kind of feeling of serendipity, yeah. you should go, let's just take 15 minutes to have coffee. We could like learn, we need to like talk right now because yeah. you've just come into my life all over like very coincidentally. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I would love to act upon that more. Yeah. Like try to act upon like, that more. Oh, I've got 10 minutes. So you have 10 minutes. And then- Yeah. Like we, we probably do have time to go <laughs> hang out for 15 minutes. Like yeah. let's actually make that time because yeah. we just randomly ran into each other. And isn't that great? Like, yeah, yeah. like I think that's a, that's something we could all practice more maybe. Yeah. It would sure. make life a lot more like spontaneous because yeah. you'd be like, oh, and then you might just keep running into well, people. Yeah, and be like, I never you, get anything done, do but oh, I feel I so like, good. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you work full time as a producer. Yeah. Now. Tell me about how you've kind of set yourself up and how you kind of like from when you were like a teenager and stuff and like just yeah. playing like metal music and like cycle. Yeah. How and stuff. I actually like. How you got to that point where you're fully like full time working as a musician. Yeah. Well, full disclaimer. I am full time working as a musician, but that's not an easy thing yet. <laughs> that's it's not. It hasn't. It, it's been. It's like a constant roller coaster of being completely dead broke and then having money, like a mm-hmm. nice amount of money. So yeah. I think it's like, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. So I think the transition was. So I've or I've I'm studying currently. So I, I do have my allowance from study. Mm-hmm. So I've got that, and I feel like I've always. I don't know. There's as many people have opinions on this, but I I believe that, you know, at the end of the day, the government's not looking out for pretty much any of us. So if I can get some allowance to be able to, to do what I love, yep. I'm going to do that to just keep, to push, to put myself in a position in which I can be doing this full time. And at some, like at some point, like we know that the music industry is like a $2.1 billion like annual Yeah, industry. it's definitely an industry. At some point you're going to pay that tax back, which was essentially your oh, like- Oh, 100%. And like, they're, well, they're paying that tax. They're buying military jets and shit with all that. Like yeah. my my three $400 a fortnight is a tiny, tiny, tiny speck of the money that they spend on bullshit. So yeah. Yeah. in the grand scheme of things, let's get it at like, don't want to get too aggressive about it, but like, <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, like I've always said, okay, well, I'm going to go study and do that to improve and under- and learn the skills that I need to do. So I did like diploma in sound production at TAFE yep. and did live sound for a bit. So I was doing that and then I was doing like odd jobs here and there, gigs, but that was like, that wasn't like consistent income. And I was working like a part-time job for like on and off part-time jobs for like a little bit of time just to get maybe to a point on which I was more skilled or more confident in my abilities. Yeah. So I did a lot of things like doing things for like cheap, for free. And that was due to the fact that I didn't think I was skilled enough or I wasn't as confident in my actual abilities to be able to charge uh, my value. Like my value wasn't there yet. I was still learning. So I think if you, to anyone that's, if this is to talk about anyone that's aspiring to do full-time music, I think... Give yourself the time for it and give yourself more time to explore it than work. So try and find like a mm. balance where you're sustaining yourself through work, yep. whether that's part-time or on top of an allowance or whatever. But you're, the time that you don't work, you are dedicating that time to your craft. Yeah. Like it can't be like, oh, I was, I'm a full-time, like I don't work and I play one gig every fortnight I'm and I just get by and that it's like that was never the mentality that was laziness that's just like that's not 
that's not it. It's yeah. about like... And if you're not really passionate enough to maintain like, oh, I'm going to work on like sound design today. and I'm Yeah, to it's like just putting like a routine in itself. Like I, yeah. pretty much at this point, even if I'm not getting as much money, I still work five days a week. I still spend at least yeah. four or five hours a day yeah. on most, sometimes more if I've got sessions and working with people. But yeah. my week is a week's work. Yeah. And I can go touch into that as well, but I'll keep, keep on this. Setting that up and then... Finding, finding way. So as you build your, your kind of skill set up, like I went to QT and I was doing that and I was kind of learning ways in which you can kind of, I guess, networking's a really good one. Like once you get to a point in which you are, you find value in what you're doing and you think you can help be a service to someone else collaboratively, mm. creatively. Yeah. I think knowing your worth's really good. So once you get past the point of which you kind of do freebies and cheap stuff and you kind of feel that that worth isn't there, you feel that you're putting more work in than you're getting out of it, yeah. you need to act upon that by talking to people that are in positions you want to be in. Mm-hmm. So finding mentors, finding people that just asking people that are full-time musos how yeah. they got there. It's yeah. like, I guess the best way for me to learn. It was like, okay, this is what this person did or this is what this person values, like production, like they charge a fee and they charge mixing this, whatever. And I would always yeah. be like, okay, I'll do that. But then like shave a hundred dollars off it. Yep. So then I'm like, because I don't think I'm as good as them yet or I'm not as skilled as them, but I still think I can bring something to it. Yeah. And it was like, and also knowing your worth within any kind of, if you're doing performing, you're performing gigs, making sure you're getting paid. If you get booked a gig and you're in a band and you keep getting $250 gigs, mm. you got to go to a point where you go, no, we've sold out this, like we've played this many shows, like we actually need our rate to be higher. Like yeah. you have to start turning down gigs and, and and kind of just giving that value to yourself, I think is really important because yeah. otherwise you'll be stuck in this limbo where you just get so comfortable with like kind of not getting what you're worth mm. that you just forget what you're worth or something yeah. I don't know it's a really tough one because it's like obviously recently the music industry has been decimated by covid and stuff like that but um the messages that governments and stuff send out to people who are trying to make music as well too that's not that's not exactly true it should be like yeah you should care you should put value to your own work that's like a really important thing because if you have been told your whole life music isn't a real job and like you gotta you gotta go and do something else to like yeah that's it you gotta remember that if you listen to music music has a value that's it 100% and it has it's not an easy it's probably one of the hard my dad told me legit I remember being like 14 15 and talking to my dad about like he was we're just still like what do you want to be thing and I was like I think I want to do music and he's like well prepare to be poor for most of your life (laughs) and I was like okay I don't mind like yeah like he's like it's because you'll get that currency is that those experiences you have that's the currency or the creativity you get to bring to the world Mm. And I guess it's just finding, yeah, it's facilitating that sustainability. So I think, yeah, networking, once you're confident in your abilities and you're passionate about it, you have to meet people and put yourself out there and, you know, find those weird kind of things. Like my old friend got me to do sound for his PhD art project and that paid really well. That yeah. Because it's it's one of those weird things where if you're smart with it, you might get that good job every now and then and that can sustain you for like four weeks, yeah. three, three, four weeks. Yeah. And then you can spend that three or four weeks finding the next thing. Yeah. And it's almost just being very active upon making sure 
you don't fall behind. Every week you should have something. And even yep. if it's $50 or it's a grand, it's like you're still trotting along. And it's almost like yep. you keep taking two steps forward, one step back. It's like yeah. this slow kind of incremental climb. Yeah, money money is always in lump sums. Yeah, it's a different, it's completely different to like a consistent yep. job. And you yep. need to yep. be able to handle the kind of stress and like financial, financial sort of stress and mental stress it puts yep. on you. Because I've been like, there's been many times I've burnt out like I probably burn out like twice last year where I was just like, I'm working too much and I'm, mm. but that came from just to add to this, having a space in which you can work. So, you know, this now you've got your studio. Yeah. I just recently set up my studio, at my yeah. partner's place, like, yeah. like separating your home life. Cause I always made music in my bedroom, mm. always created in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's fun. But then when you start being like, I need to, this is my full-time job. Yeah. You don't clock off. No. Like people go to work nine to four they get home from work and they don't even think about work. Whereas like I'll wake up at nine, mix till 12, eat some food, keep going, be five. Then I'll stop. I can't stop thinking about yeah. what I was doing all day and I'll yeah. just keep going till eight. And then I'll be like, oh, it's I've done nothing. Like I've done nothing for myself. Yeah. I've just been working on music. Yeah. And that's where the burnout comes is from like not laying those boundaries down for yourself. Because it is what you love doing, so you can easily kind of manipulate yourself yeah. almost in a weird way where you just overwork and not you get a bit too obsessed with it or something. Yeah. I sort yeah. of, I'm kind of like weirdly the opposite, which has been difficult because I've never really heard anyone be like, oh, I, if when I had my studio at my house, I mm. didn't really do much mm. ever because it was always there. So I always had that like comfort knowing that I could make something if I wanted to. Yeah. But most of the time I just didn't do anything and I didn't. Because it was at your home. Yeah. And yeah. I just, yeah. Like I, I felt like doing something else, like cleaning or like, I mean, yeah, like yeah. so boring, but. <laughs> no, no. Cleaning is <laughs> yeah. definitely, no, that makes sense well i guess it's like the the through line thing that is there is that having a studio in your having your your creative space yeah not separate from your living space yeah creates issues that are hard to there will be issues there yeah as soon as you can separate it it's like just really healthy for your your mind and your like just your well-being because you can as soon as you you just feel more inspired as well because as soon as you enter the space Mm you're in the space and you're ready to work. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, you can't you can't really get that when you're you need that separation, I think. Yep. But to touch quickly back onto the full-time music thing, I think what I did was maybe subconsciously I kind of knew the kind of pressure that I was going to have if I wanted to do full-time music. I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to just play in a psych rock band. Yep. So I was like, maybe there was an underlying kind of realness to my to my timeline where I kind of went, I'm going to explore other musics. I'm going to explore producing and DJing and doing yep. all these things because maybe there was that survivalness thing in me of being like, I need to like, be able I to do to. lots of things to be able to sustain myself, yep. sustain myself. Like yep. if I was to pigeonhole on one thing, I don't think I would be able to survive. Yep. And I think as it goes along, when I think back, I think that was something there like, just keeping your doors open to like, you know, learning how to DJ. Like I might get a DJ set once in the, once or twice a month yep. and it's, it's fun. It's, it is what it is, but it's like, that's $350, $400. That's rent covered. Yeah. It's like finding those little things that in which you can like just, yeah. Opening up, having a lot of, it's like just having a lot of basket, a lot of eggs in different baskets yep. kind of thing. A lot of stuff going on at once, yep. but not too much. Cause then you'll be like, Oh, what oh, the yeah. hell am I doing? Like, yeah. But it's definitely important. Lots of income streams, I think. Yeah. That's, that's, and they, they kind of explain that at uni as well, is being like, yep. you know, 
looking at your what you bring as a creative and as a musician or producer is like you you are diverse and in what you can do because you need to be to be able to sustain yourself I think yeah. and those avenues will take a while to set up as well yeah like- and you need to almost like give a bit of time for some give a bit of time for this one yeah and then but openly try to network them as one whole thing so when you present yourself to someone that you might want to work with or like even just when you present yourself to anyone not not this isn't like you're selling yourself to people but like tell people that you are this like for example like when someone asks what you do and you Mm. have a part-time job this is just like a kind of mentality thing i had even if you're working part-time you say you're a producer. You say what you want to be. Yeah. You don't say what you. D- you know I'm what I mean. I'm a barista. I'm a. Yeah. I'm yeah. a. Bar- like you go. No, I'm a music producer. And then if they ask, oh, do you? They'll usually end up being like, oh, do you work or do you do that full time? Yeah. And I think presenting that to the world is really powerful. Being mm. like, no, this is what I do, and I do all these things, and I. Yeah. Want I want that to be known because that. It's there is a validation there, but it's also like you're acting upon what you're putting out into the world. You're being like, I am this. And then yeah. when you put that action out, you get rewarded for that because it's like that give and take yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Whenever you talk to someone, they now know that you're Yeah, you're, you're this and you're passionate like, about like, it. Yeah, yeah. And they might be like, you, if you just said you're a mu- if I just went, oh, I'm a music producer, they might be like, oh, I got this like DJ, random DJ. That person's a DJ as well. Or like that yeah. person can play guitars. What like, yeah. just like kind of quickly, not like just like high, like get me to do, if you need any any of these things, <laughs> I'll do it. It's like, no, just it's known that you can do multiple things yeah. and you are open to doing even things that you might not be as good at, but yeah. you have that work ethic for yeah. it, I think as well. Or you're interested in doing yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people will choose someone based off how they were as as people, as a person, rather yeah. than their skill set, a lot yeah. of the time, I think, yeah. especially in creative industries. Yeah, for sure. Mm. The um, yeah, the chill factor mm. and things like that. Because the music industry has built up so much of just like personal relationships between people. Yeah, you need to be not saying that you can't do it if you're introverted. Just still put yourself out there, even if yeah. you're introverted. Like most of the other, pe- you'll find that everyone you're talking to. They're probably introvert. Like it's like yeah. the extra introvert things very clear even when you do it there because you end up talking to someone that it's I guess yeah. maybe alleviating that social anxiety that this person's judging me because I'm talking to him. It's yeah. like no, you're probably just talking to someone who's just as anxious to be talked to. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you both just connect on the create on your music or yeah. your passion, and, and then then and it's all gone. Then yeah. you're like, oh cool, I'm just talking to someone yeah. that's like minded. Yeah. And if and if they are judging you. Then you probably them, don't want to work. Yeah, get them, yeah, get them out them. of there. Yeah, or like take them for what they're worth, and then get the get rid yeah. of them. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, if someone's being a, a dick and they're judging you, like maybe maybe yeah. capitalize on that and just like get a job out of it, and then get rid of them. Yeah, that sounds toxic, but it's not because they're toxic. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like a yeah. I don't know. I haven't had any experiences like that in recent times. So yeah. yeah. Touch wood. I don't want to. <laughs> this one. This is. It's happening right now. Yeah. To me. <laughs> Five days a week thing. You were going to say. You were going to elaborate on that. So, do you? I'm assuming that you're going to kind of go through like what's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Like, so it's like, oh, for example, like my my schedule usually is like, well, I'm going to start this work at Little Street. Yeah. So I've 
and that that's a, v- a very great example of like networking and just meeting people and talking mm. to people and something kind of aligning. Also, yeah. jump on those like really those moments that really resonate in your chest, and you kind of have that feeling of like something is important, but I don't know why. Yeah, should act upon that because mm-hmm. that's what happened with me with this this scenario. But I think yeah, it's like you know. Maybe also outlining your week, like organizing yourself is really important. So being like, you know, I'll have four or five clients that are working, like people that are working with me for production or, or and or mixing. Yep. And it will be like, okay, I, I'm charging a booking fee now because I've got a studio that's separate from my space and I have to pay rent. So yep. I, you make it up front what the just upfront with everything like this is the booking fees. Every time you come to this session, it's a this is it. Yep. Um, and then upfront with what the fee is for your thing. So I'll charge, you know, an X amount of money for production yep. and then an X amount of money per hour for mixing yep. and a point and these royalty agreement. Yep. And as long as that's in writing and agreed on, then that's good. And it's just about yep. communicating it. Don't ever take work until that's communicated. I think it needs to be communicated upfront. As mm-hmm. soon as someone's interested in work, you need to communicate that because yep. that creates the transaction understood transaction yeah and that means that you are responsible for giving your hardest work to that person and they're responsible to they're giving you the money because they want to work with you yeah and it's like that you can easily be in a position where you just say like let's work together and then you work on a song together and then you ask about the money and it's just weird like you have to clear that before you you step in a room and if you're worried about like putting a price to your work and then that not like someone not coming back because you're like too expensive or you don't think they don't think that you're worth that or something then you can still have that conversation if they're open to it but well exactly you can still be like if they're kind of like you know, it's it's all communication. Like, if you you might be like, okay, I'll do a cheaper rate. I'll tr- I'll yeah. D- this is my standard rate. But if I understand, if you yeah, I do what like you can. You're you're, you're your like, own boss. Yeah. You can kind of lineate if you believe in the music and you have a good feeling about exactly. it. You can be like, I'll take two hundred dollars off this or yeah. or whatever. But it's still got to be clear what the agreement is. And yeah. like, I think that's really good. And then if I can, for me, I usually try and do like three of three sessions a week yep. to cover rent. This is like, just as a new thing now, but like, I'll try and do that. And then the songs and the mixing is kind of just getting, it's about like creating that constant communication. Cause these people, it, like you said, it's, it's in creative industries. There's a lot more of a personal mm. kind of engagement. I yep. think I, 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 maybe because of where I'm at as well. It's like, I am not, I think I will start exploring probably working with like when I'm working at the studio, a bit more of those like one-off working kind of, you feel a bit more like a hired gun. Whereas yep. what I'm currently doing is working on people's projects that are friends of friends, yep. close networks of people that yep. we all believe in the music and and yep. there's just a good um, value there as well. Like yep. there is a transaction, but it's like through friends. Yeah. Um, and it's about, yeah, putting yourself out there and, and, and also, like, making sure that, like, when you're working, like, I, I always think about this as, like, when you're working on this music with this person, like, try to make sure that it's, like, the best thing you're going to make. Like, yeah. I like you, you, it's easy to be, like, you know, just always make sure you're giving it your all and being, like, I'm going to try and make this the best thing I do. And maybe I, for me, I have, a like, a I want to make myself proud as well and be proud I'm yeah. responsible. I think it almost yeah. makes me work harder when I'm responsible for some working with someone else. Yeah. And I think I found that had that was a breakthrough with myself being like producing for someone else and collaborating with someone else. I love so much cuz it's like beyond yeah. just the music part you get to create with someone and yeah. 
making someone comfortable and be able to connect with someone. But then yeah. it's also like, I, lo- I think it gives me that responsibility of like, I have to do a good job and get this person's vision out yeah. because that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. How can you like really elevate what this person has brought yeah. to you? Yeah. How can you make that you want them to be like so stoked with their song? Yeah. And that's the best, like, that's the extra. And when that, yeah, and when it's that such happens a good too, it's like, oh Yeah, God, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, and you're so stoked because you, you pushed yourself to get that out. Yeah. And it might take, like, it might be sitting there on a loop and just going, like, it's all a feeling thing. Like, you might be sitting on the loop and being like, oh, something's wrong. <laughs> and you can just feel it in the other person, they're not feeling it. And yeah. you just go, all communication, just go like, when, let's scrap this, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. And then you that ends up being the, the song or yeah. something. Like, it's like constantly checking in with who you're working with and not never making assumptions of because I've heard people that I've worked with had worked with other producers and yep. I've heard about that things where producers kind of they think they know it so they'll just tell you what it is and they and, yeah. and they'll shut down ideas yep. and it like is never that like I'll no. even have the tendency of my knowledge being like no I don't think that's going to work yep. but I'll still try it Cause because you could, you could imagine, like, if you're hiring someone, yeah. and they're like this incredible producer, whatever they've worked in the industry for like thirty years, yeah, you could then take what you have and yeah. what your song is and what you want to do, and you can make them do that, yeah, yeah, because they should be able to do. They that. They should be able to do that. Whereas there's stages where like someone will be like, maybe try this, yeah, and they'll go, I don't think that's gonna work, and it's like, no, always try it. Yeah. first yeah even if it you know it's even if you know our 99 like 95 percent, it's not gonna work mm. there might be that five percent when you do it and you get you you go oh actually that's that's sick yeah and it's like it's about you're in service to the other person you're getting their vision out it's yep. not about you at the end of the day it's no. about you and them working on it's about the yeah. song and what they want yeah and that's really important like really really important i think it's not like you definitely need to check in with yourself and mm. notice if you are being a, like if that ego is coming out or that thing because a lot of the people I work like I have worked with aren't as proficient in production they don't even yeah. know what it is they just know what they want yeah so you need to almost just be like a conduit for what they yeah. want yeah you're a filter they'll, yeah. they'll like explain things in like on a matter of pay like yeah, yeah. and you're, you're just gonna be like and the oh best, and they so, want it to sizzle I'm yeah, gonna make yeah, it sizzle yeah that's it it's like you have to be really dynamic in how you talk to people about it like it, I've had very I've had a couple of really funny moments where like someone's like that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, like, I know, but it's what you told me is, was abstract as hell. Yeah. But I got there. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I got, I got what you, what you need, but it was like communicated in this weird gibberish yeah. Yeah. kind of like, can you have like a weird, like, and it's like, yeah, I think I know exactly what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's very rewarding. Yeah, making music with other people. Absolutely. Mm. And I guess because we're we both like produce and we record for other people. Yeah. Um, but if you're just a musician, you can also do that in collaborative songwriting. Oh and, yeah. Like also just going to even if you're starting like recording music and you're like you want you're like an aspiring producer and stuff, working with other engineers and other like producers who like just pay someone one or two songs and just like have that experience of working with someone that you really like really aspire to be yeah that can be like so ben- like oh, that can be more beneficial so than like a university course in a lot yeah, of cases yeah definitely well yeah. I think like learning you learn so much through collaboration mm-hmm. and I think if you if you attach yourself to being like no only I I have to do this 
It only has to be me. There's, I'm sure there's people out there that can be like that, but from the the kind of grand consensus I've gotten from most of my really talented friends and creative friends is that mm. collaboration is such a beneficial thing to growing as an artist. It makes it enjoyable. It makes it enjoyable. <laughs> it makes it fun. Yeah. It makes it less, there's no anxiety around. It's just, yeah. and you learn so much, you grow so much, you get new perspectives. You literally feel like you're, if you're an RPG character, you're literally just leveling up yeah. like <laughs> constantly when you're, collaborating yeah. it's like your experience in that zone is doubled yeah. whereas if you kind of sit by yourself and go oh I, I don't trust anyone to I don't know I it's like I think you just need to get out of your comfort zone maybe yeah and and explore what it's like to just give that song that is your like it's there's something about letting go of mm. your music and giving it to someone else even yeah. in like the mix process or the mastering process it's yeah. like it, there's a point in which you reach with music where you have to let go because yep. you can literally work on a song till the day you die. Yep. You could. Like, you could trick Absolutely. yourself and yep. work on a song yep. till you pass from this plane. <laughs> but as soon as you let go of it, it's not even a bad feeling. It's like a great... It's a freeing feeling because you yep. put it out and then you, you get people you trust and care about and respect to give their feedback. Yeah. And then you are, you don't even need to... That's the thing with feedback as well. You never have to take feedback on board. No. It's just good to get it. Yeah. Like, see what people, what other people are You see what other people it. think. Um, yeah. Most of the time, 70% of it's probably going to be good. Yeah. The other 30%, they might not be right on the wave that you are with that one little thing. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. But there's always going to be something you can take from feedback. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like that orb. Mm. It's a good time. I want an orb. I'm gonna get an orb. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's an orb light for anyone because you, you oh, can yeah. imagine it with your brains. Yeah. Look at look at my website. Oh, um, cool. It's on the website. You'll see the orb. Ball. Cool. Yeah. I think there's a couple of photos. That's on an extra Instagram ten dollars on the, the studio hire. Yeah. Fee, exactly. Yeah. I had to buy that light. Yeah. <laughs> Just buy five more. You can charge. I can $50. charge. $50. Yeah. So that's all we have time for today. Thanks for coming out and Thank chatting you. to me. It's been great. If you feel like supporting the podcast, then you can pay to be a part of our Patreon and you'll get a exclusive question. So should look into doing that. Do that. You can hear me talk yeah. for longer. Yeah. We've got a we've got a question that was asked by Andrew Tuttle coming up for James. And yeah. Thanks for coming around. Thank you. And take care. You too. <laughs>